0: listening to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. So here at St. Benedict's Table, we're beginning to explore themes of calling, of vocation, And how they might be further cultivated in the culture of our congregation. This has to do with our participation as one of the 14 North American churches who've been invited to join a a five year initiative called the Communities of Calling coming out of the Collegeville Institute. It's a really good and interesting opportunity, and not only because of the funding we'll receive towards some projects focused around vocation and calling. More than that, it's an invitation to think about the idea of being a called people, all of us. And so to break away from any thought that it's only the ordained people who are the ones with callings and vocations, not a chance. We've got a couple of evenings set aside over the next two weeks, to give people the chance to gather, to think and talk and listen together around this theme. When Lent arrives in March, we'll be using our Wednesday evening series to hear what we're calling vocation stories from five different people. Five different people and five very different kinds of stories. In the meantime, though, the lectionary has landed a calling story squarely on our plate. And given that this is the theme very much on my mind these days, how could I not preach on it? The calling story comes from the very opening of the book of Jeremiah. Now there are three verses that precede the place where we picked up tonight which gives some context to what will follow. But they're the sort of verses that can be a bit of a nightmare for the reader who arrives at the lectern and hadn't really looked it through. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Ananoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of King Josiah, son of Ammon of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of King Jehoiakim, son of Josiah of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year of King Zedekiah, son of Josiah of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Well, for us, all of those names just sort of blend together, saying little more than it happened a long time ago in the days of kings. But it's actually not unimportant material, it signals to the reader most particularly to the ancient reader, that these words of Jeremiah were spoken over the course of some very politically and socially complicated years, which culminated in the captivity, the destruction of Jerusalem, in the fifth month of the eleventh year of King Zedekiah's reign. Those are years in which the mighty Babylonian Empire is steamrolling its way through the ancient Near East. And frankly, Jerusalem is just in the way. So the years in which Jerusalem is ultimately flattened, its leading citizens taken away into captivity in Babylon, where they will remain for the better part of the next hundred years. Now, Jeremiah says... Now, at this time, the word of the Lord came to me, at this particularly hard and thorny point in the life of this people. Now, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you, Jeremiah. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Ah, uh, uh, Lord. Uh, this 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 sounds awfully like you're telling me that you want me to be a, a prophet. This is not a particularly welcome news because it's not a particularly welcome job, Lord. You know what happens when prophets do their prophety work—the work of confronting kings and those in power, right? I mean, things tend to get messy, Lord, and mostly for the prophet. Well, he sort of said that. In, in Hebrew, he said, Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. Well, probably not literally a boy, but he's trying to claim. He's too young. He's too innocent. He doesn't have the, he's not seasoned. He's not mature. Maybe he doesn't have the great beard. The Lord said to me, Ah, don't give me that. Or more truly to the text. The Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. You shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then in what is clearly a kind of a visionary experience, Jeremiah has this this experience of his mouth being touched by the Lord. Symbolically giving him the words that he will need, and so the prophet's book is launched. It is an up and down, turning, twisting roller coaster of a book, one in which Jeremiah will show himself to be a decidedly cranky thorn in the side of those in power. But for tonight, what I want to focus on is the nature of his being called. I mean, first of all, you notice that Jeremiah doesn't really want the job. Much less does he see whatever it is that God sees in him. He can't recognize it in his own self. Truly, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a boy. sounds an awful lot like what happens in the story of Moses calling in the book of Exodus at the burning bush. When he hears this voice calling him to be this this leader who's to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, and Moses pushes back, saying, I'm slow of speech, slow of tongue. Oh, my Lord, please send somebody else. In both cases, both with Moses and Jeremiah, God will have none of it. Time to go to work, lads. This has been in motion since long before you were born. In fact, in a sense, you were born to this. One of our key resource people for this Communities of Calling initiative at Collegeville is the theologian Kathleen Callahan, who teaches in the School of Theology there. In her little book, The Stories We Live, She sets out three images as to how people often experience their own Christian call. Her first image is an acorn. Acorns, when they grow, can only become oak trees. That's what an acorn is. It is the seed of an oak tree and of nothing else. And that's the experience that some people have. Namely, that from fairly early in their life, they've had a sense that they've been given a very particular calling, or role, or gift, or job. That something has been given them to do, sense of things. For others, though, it's not that clear. So a better image is that of a, of a pilgrimage or of a journey. It's a long-haul sort of thing in which they're continually sorting out who they are and what they're meant to do and be in God's world. I mean, you start a journey, you've probably got a plan, you've got a map, you might even have some places booked. But anybody who's ever been out on a a real road trip, a real journey, gone traveling or backpacking, you know the curveballs get thrown at you and you just have to be nimble and flex and see what you discover and uncover, and sometimes they're the best things of all on the road. Some people's experience of their life of faith, their life of being called, is like that. There's a sense of direction, but but they're journeying. It's it's unfolding, unpacking as they go. The third image that Cahalan offers is that of surprising discovery, those aha experiences which can reveal a direction or purpose that we might not have seen or understood, even though it's right in front of us. That was my own experience of landing in this ministry. Aha, partly, and also, oh no, (laughs) mostly. And in the long run, all good. Now, applied to the story of Jeremiah, just in those few verses, what you see is God saying to him, Jeremiah... You're an acorn about to become an oak tree because before you were born I consecrated you and so you've never not been my prophet. Jeremiah's response, of course, is that he completely begs to differ. He's just a boy. He's not up to this. He's not got an ounce of acorn in him to which God says, in effect, tough luck. You're my prophet. That's what I planned you to be, period. Period. This, though, becomes Jeremiah's surprising discovery, his aha experience, to which he will rise, oftentimes grudgingly. It's a roller coaster of a book, as I said. And at times, Jeremiah has basically had it with God and God's calling and God's terrible people. But even in his cranky stubbornness, even when that gets the best of him, He does just keep walking forward in the company of God. This God with whom he's not altogether pleased, but he knows is journeying with him. His calling then becomes, in Cahalan's terms, a pilgrimage, a journey, sometimes even a bit of an exile. Highlighting the parallels between Jeremiah's vocation and that of Moses... The theologian Patricia Tall observes that both, quote, "...were called by God to break new ground with creativity, over objections, with no certainty except the word of God, with which they argued constantly." not only in the beginning, but throughout their lives. And that's true. Reading Jeremiah or just tracing the story of Moses, constantly contending with God and what God's calling them to do, constantly arguing, sometimes on behalf of the people, sometimes sick to death of the people, sometimes advocating for God, sometimes sick to death of what God's calling them to do and be. It's a long-haul pilgrimage of a calling, to be sure, and so, three different images. The acorn that's planted and grows and only in that one direction. The pilgrimage that winds and moves and which you discover new challenges and new things. And that aha moment. Ah, this is what I'm to do. Ah. And in a real way, each actually touched Jeremiah's life. His calling is all three. The interesting question, though... Which of the three resonates with you? Which of the three, or, or perhaps more than just one of the three, touches on your own life and experience? How, or why, or where are you called? And if your response is to think, "Who me? <laughs> Not me. I don't have any particular calling. I don't have any particular vocation. That's that's for other people." Then attention because the Spirit of God is saying always saying yes of course you all of you who else but you in the name of God Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen you've been listening to a St. Benedict's Table podcast For more information on our church or to provide support for our online work, visit us at stbenedictstable.ca.